da- David, is that is that you? Uh, who are you? What are you What are you doing on this show? What happened to you? You You look so much older. Do I? Is it because I have reading glasses on now? Oh my! That whoa. I have to wear now. Your eyes are large behind those. I know it's terrifying. I've just realized. Uh, yeah, I could use a reading glass. You've got readers now. Got readers. That's terrifying. Yeah, it's not. Is great. this my few? I thought that was in your fifties. Are you fifty? No, I'm almost forty-five. <laughs> oh my. Hey, hey, wait! Let's not take too many shots at me for being old yeah. or weird or whatever. You just a moment ago quickly got up from the desk while I could see you on camera. <laughs> Are you, you said, talking about my pants? You said, "Oh crap!" Got up from the yeah. desk, and can you describe for people what you're wearing? Okay, I work at home now, which means. Oh, I can tell. <laughs> <laughs> which means business on top party on the bottom i just i just wear i just wear bed pants no i just wear bed pants all day and i put on like a reasonable button down on top no yeah, one can tell but you are wearing like a blue like, oh yeah this is a like bad a outfit. gray blue yellow plaid and then your pants on the bottom are a like christmas themed plaid like red green white plaid yeah that's correct do you not My leave the house con- to get lunch or something? Like, are you, what are I you doing? I need to start. This is, I mean, this is day five. Okay. Day five of new job, day five of working at home. I'm just kind of basking in it right now, but my legs are going to atrophy if the only walking I do is from the bed to my desk. So I'm, I'm going to have to start taking some lunch walks, hit the gym, that kind of stuff. So yes, this is, this is, if, if I'm doing this next week, Dave, then we can have a real conversation about the state of I can't my believe existence. the mixing of the plaid. How do you get, I mean, I couldn't even do it. I couldn't do it. <laughs> you, you know that I like sleep in jeans, right? You know, I do that. I mean, do you still actually do that? No, I never actually did that <laughs> other than college. Oh, okay. You know, uh, and shortly after college and in my 30s and. (laughs) Yeah. And last week. Hello and welcome to episode 257 of the Dive Down, a Magic the Gathering podcast focused on the latest decks, trends, and strategies for the casual spike. My name is Shane, here in Denver, Colorado, with me on the line. It's the one and the only in the room, the godfather, Dave Harbarger. Dave. There's nobody for me to interrupt. You can interrupt me. I guess. That's not as good when (laughs) you're the only person I have... I'm talking to. It takes two to make a thing go right in 2024. Yes, but it takes three to make an interruption. Oh, you can, it's like two, is like a one-on-one interruption just rude and not? Yes. Okay. Not conversational. Yes. And in three, it's like, hey. Oh yeah. Let me, let me butt in here. Spicy. Such a butt I gotta get my thoughts off. Dave, how have you been? How's, how is your new year? Uh, it's busy. We're trying to start off busy over here. Oh, really? Lots lots going on. A lot of Lego yeah. building? <laughs> we did do a lot of Lego building, but also, you know, work is heating up as oh it does gosh. sometimes at the beginning of the year. It's so hot right now. You, you have work. a new job too? Yeah. This, this work? Man, it's it's a it's a big change. I'll tell you what. It's it's novel. It's a novel job. We'll see how this how this thing how this thing pans out. Mm. But, I mean, so far so good. But okay. it's definitely different. Okay. It's All weird. Right. It's weird being at home, as we talked about in the intro. I am wearing yeah. I am wearing bed pants. Nobody needs to hear about the pants more. Yeah. Enough with the pants. But we don't want them to we don't want to tarnish your image. But you know who else has been working hard and can work hard for you, Shane? Uh tell me. Heavy play. Oh, you Heavy said, play oh. is a new 
That's what you surprised me with. Gaming accessory brand that'll improve your gameplay and your game day. Their playmats, deck boxes, and card sleeves feature enhanced ergonomics, mobility, and protection for you, your cards, and your game. Can we talk about can we talk about how good these deck boxes are in terms of protection? Because I mean, I know a lot of deck boxes. <laughs> Tell me. I saw the eyebrows raise. So the what I like about these, right, is that they have nice inners, like nice lining on the inside, right? Yeah, I mean, just to be to be clear, Heavy Play has two different boxes. Oh, good point. Yes, that maybe you're forgetting to talk about here. We have the RFG deck box, yeah, which is a more plastic construction. Yeah, let's, let's, let's talk about these differences. We don't do this enough. Yeah, and we have the RFG deck box Max. The Max, is which sweet. is kind of like a i don't know how to describe what the materials are for it but it's um it's it's like a you know it's got a flip top it's got the uh, a little more kind of like it's got a different vibe to it which i like quite a bit yeah i like the flippy top that's what i was going not only kind of like the nice inside but the little flippy thing that is very magnetic it's not going to like randomly come open when you have it on the your the table i like how it folds back and like magnets to itself to keep the flap mm-hmm. out of the way i love stuff mm-hmm. like that but yes so the magnets these are the magnets cube. aren't coming open buddy no the these ma- magnets no, are not coming no. open these, so but the magnets do keep the things together you know we can we could do a snap snap snappy but we don't have the stuff on us right now your dice boxes your deck boxes your play mat they all snap together carry it around in a single hand slide it into your backpack whatever you want to do you can perhaps get them at your lgs or preferably we have a new code the dive down 2024 in numbers at heavyplay.com gets you 10% off of your order there. That's right. Thank you for your support. Heavy Play. Also, Randy from Heavy Play asked us to mention that he will be at Denver. Denver. Can't wait to see Randy. I will see Randy in Denver. Give him a high five. Meet him in person. That's going to be sick. Yep, it's DreamHack Denver, February 9th to February 11th. You can go check him out. You can check out the products if you're going to be there, see him in person, give him a test run, all that kind of stuff. He loves hearing that you heard about him from the dive down for sure. We get emails from him. And then also he will be in MagicCon Chicago, in Chicago for the MagicCon, along with Shane will also be there and I'll be there uh, February 23rd to the 25th. That is heavy play. Yeah, going to be sweet. Dave, this week's show. We are back to work. Back is what to this week's work. show is. We are back to work. Oh, speaking of speaking of episodes. Yeah. I I appreciated the the kind kind ribbing that you all threw at me last week on the completely rogue left field, not Shane approved, timeless cube episode. <laughs> timeless I, I don't slash know what cube. You're talking about. Yeah. I was complicit in that for once. Usually it's Stan going rogue by himself, but it's uh, this time we were definitely both part of it. And Devin, too, to be honest. Devin was instigated as well. No, it was a fun episode. It's a good work. But what are we doing yeah. this week? So this week we are back to work, though. It's just me and Shane. Uh, Stan is in travel, transition, traveling from one time zone to another. Uh, Devin had a long weekend commenting on energy. And so it is Shane and I, and we are going to talk about something people have been wanting us to talk about for the last few weeks. And that is the state of modern in early 2024. What is going on? We had two huge tournaments this week or three, potentially even two tournaments, depending on how you want to think about it. We had an MTGO showcase challenge. We had Star City Games Cincinnati and also Queen City. a 20K and a 10K. Yep, home skyline Chile, where Shane and I cut our teeth <laughs> going to college and doing a whole lot Greater's of other ice stuff. ice cream. That's right. The yeah. beer selection at IGA. 
get at us all those things <laughs> iga get at us yes. i would sponsor our podcast i would love a sponsorship from iga the, the regional grocery store chain <laughs> yes. that is iga uh you know you want to know what we think about grief still existing you want to know how we feel about amulet still existing or maybe merfolk even being good this is the episode for you i won't be the talking first, about that last part oh we should a little I mean, a little gotta. Uh, but first, some housekeeping, please. All right. We've got a new patron in Brian B. Brian B., thank you for becoming a citizen of the Dive Down Nation. We appreciate you. No increased tears. We haven't had a new review on Apple Podcasts for like two plus months, but you know where people are popping off? is Oh, I know, because I personally review and publish each of their comments. The comments in Spotify, not just the regulars this week. We've got Howell J, PT, John Bus, Edward W, Kieran W, Larry F, Adam B, Brandon DZ, Cameron S, Zach G, and Basti. We got two more even, <sighs> just now. We got... Uh, I just, I approved them and their names disappeared. One of them is Dark Depths and another one is Tetra Ulta. Sweet. Within the last four to eight hours. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. People be listening. Nice change of, yeah, a lot of people, well, we did ask a question. We said, hey, on the last episode, could you let us know if you think that we could, you know, are there other things that you want us to talk about other than modern and pioneer for the most part? I even put a poll up as part of our Spotify launch to see what people said and guess what people said shane <laughs> the poll 133 votes here it is in order of voting yes three to two percent people said modern is the format they would like us to most cover people could select more than one so this number is not going to add up to 100 by the way 24 percent said pioneer 15 percent said timeless it went down since i did these notes like 20 minutes ago a little bit. Um, 10% of people said cube. 13% of people said standard, which I threw in there as a little bit of a curveball to try to check us standard coming in fourth place in this poll above cube. And then uh, the people who are willing to come along on whatever ride we have in mind, only 4.4% of I will, people. I will know one of those was me because I just wanted to see the results without sullying the waters, muddying mm. the waters. So, mm -hmm. yeah. The, so this, what do you call this? A stay in your lane poll? It's a, I would call this a snapshot of stay in your lane a little bit. And that's <laughs> fine. I think most of the comments from the people that uh, Shane just talked about in the reviews on Spotify and, and on, you know, we got some very nice notes over email. You know, it was a little bit like when I asked for people to, to uh, subscribe on YouTube and we got a surge of people. Yeah. We did ask a specific question. We got specific answers from probably 20 people across Discord, Spotify, yeah. email, Twitter, other places. Most people said, hey, we don't, we don't mind if you guys pepper in things, but we want to hear you talk about modern and pioneer the most. Right. I and, think that's uh, what that's, we want to talk about the most, probably. Yeah. Yeah. Truly, it is what we want to talk about the most. And that's what we're here for. But uh, here's, here's my call to action this week. Can we get 130 five people to join the patreon for as little as a dollar a week which helps support us helps keep us going helps well, now you know that's not gonna happen well, I 135 mean, i mean that's how many votes we got if i can if i can get one percent of that that's 1.5 new citizens of the dive down nation you get stuff sent to you you get to join the discord you get to help keep us going help support us and we truly appreciate all y'all out there who have for so long you can also support us at our store the divedown.com slash store get some swag there you can go to mana traders you can use you know this code is no longer functional the dive down 23 is not a functional mana traders plug 
So are you sure? I am pretty darn sure. I think it. I think it goes out this week. So we're going to try something new because what? Let's behind the scenes, y'all. So the mana traders code frequently changes pretty often, and we have a, such a standing relationship with mana traders. We're like, hey, can you make this code good for like six months? And I think I have found that when the code changes more often. It sort of gets picked up by various sites or something like that, and we maybe get increased use. So go to thedivedown.com or check the show notes to get the latest Mana Traders code if you want to sign up and get 10% off of your first two months there. So we'll try this for a minute, see how it works. And if it doesn't, then we'll just have a more permanent code for the Mana Traders. All right. And that is that. That is that. All right. So, Dave. so where do we want to start? It's 2024. I always like what talking. as modern? I like talking about paper before I like talking about magic online. So oh, let's, let's, let's talk about something like SCG Cincinnati. Then let's talk about maybe the showcase. And then uh, we can then maybe take a big picture, zoom out a little bit, talk about what we are seeing in the raw data since like the modern bands. I want to hear your takes about uh, how you feel modern is going and maybe where it should be right now, Dave. So I'm, I'm mm-hmm. hyped to have that conversation. What do you I think? I have to come up with some takes, I guess. <laughs> I mean, I guess the only thing I wanted to say, wow, it's not like I don't have to do that every week on the show. Um, one thing I do want to say is just so we understand for scale, these two tournaments, reasonably sized, although there was obviously just another day of Twitter discourse, this time about the Star City Games attendance number. It hit 297 players. I don't really have an opinion about that. It does seem like a small amount of players for a 20K. That's fine. I've seen the math. It, it had, for our purposes, it had 300 players. That's all I have to say about it. So what, you can't just say this is this is good EV. You have to say this is somehow indicative of the, the fall of, of modern magic or something? Anytime you're with you're close to Skyline Chili is good EV in my opinion. Oh, so man. I would have been I it would have been a joy to be to be uh attendance at this tournament. Maybe have Skyline, maybe have Adriaticos, maybe oh. a Zips burger, a Zips burger. Oh man. Dave, I was I was literally describing to my wife and my nephew just yesterday about the Adriaticos Bearcat and how it was the the party staple f- in, all through college. The the spicy sauce, the deep pan. We got the calzones oh, in my God. room for what it's so worth. So many much Always got the calzones. Anyway, yes. Adriaticos, <laughs> let me hear you. Um, yeah. So we will start with that. But uh, SCG Cincinnati, 297 players. MTGO Showcase Challenge, 343 players. The tournament that took QPs to get into had more players <laughs> than SCG Cincinnati for what it's you don't, worth. You don't have to drive or fly anywhere for that. And you yeah, know, you know you how far away two, that airport you can do it is. Two mismatched pieces of plaid, if you'd like. Yeah, I mean, you can just sit. Yeah. Yeah, and Dave, you know, you and I have both flown in and out of Cincinnati. Oh, it's terrible. <laughs> it's, an, yeah. it's nightmarish. I'd rather fly into Dayton and then like drive down to Cincinnati. It's it almost. I feel like Dayton is as close as the CVG is to actual Cincinnati. I could be wrong. That might just be an emotional distance. But I really hope people like the Shane Dave dynamic this week because they're, they're going to, they're just getting a lot of it. Just the, sh- <laughs> just getting a lot of Ohio. Yes. Oh, let's, yeah, these, let's talk about grade school. Let's talk about uh, discovery. Let's talk about reading Calvin and Hobbes and doing puzzles and tangrams again. I think we're at 18 minutes in this show. I think people have had enough yeah. and they're ready for us to talk oh, about man. modern. Are they, well, they're going to be sorely disappointed. Yeah. 
Yep, 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 yep. Okay. Okay. SCG Cincinnati 20K. Here is the supposed metagame. <laughs> now, we did not correct this, so I don't know for sure. I, I will say that that later on, uh, we have a unified win rate to look at from uh, mtgdex.net, which is helpful, between a couple of different tournaments at the SCG. But here's what was on MTG Melee. Yeah. Pulled right out of the page. Number one deck, 14% of the field, Team of Rhinos. Yeah, doing things. 14% of the field chain. I'm no longer surprised by this. Like 14? Uh, That's high. Yeah, I, I just, I mean, if you want some early takes, I just, it's like, it's it's safe. It's like a 50 plus percent deck. You only really have to live in fear of like living and showing up big. Everything else, you probably have a good to okay shot at, at defeating. Yeah, I will say from my count, Okay, so the match win rate reported on Melee was 54%. Sweet. Basically, 53.98. But it only had one pilot in the top eight, from what I saw. However, eight of the top 32 were Rhinos. quarter of the top 32. quarter of the top 32 being Rhinos is pretty interesting, I think. It means that it it went well, and it went pretty deep. Yeah. Um, Even, yeah. Yeah, what I I thought I'd do in this section a little bit was kind of check in on the decks, too like what what how people are building these if there's variations if there's experimentation and rhinos and much of everything else to be secret you know spoil it for you spoilers all, is that is this is pretty stock right now like there's just a few main deck and sideboard flex items like the removal of fury i think in removing that option like just force people's hands to like you know to sounders tide binder flame of anore you know the deal like it's interesting to me that there's like two Mutavault and a Gemstone Caverns is pretty stock. Like you have three potentially colorless lands in your deck. Pretty dangerous oh, that looking. That seems so brutal. Right. It's, it doesn't seem like it's hurting anybody. Maybe just no. the existence. I mean, it's, what Stan, it's what Stan plays yeah, too. Right. Like I was playing him a couple of weeks ago in paper. We played, um, I bought a new deck. I think I mentioned it on last the last episode. I might not have, but I bought Hardened Scales in paper. Oh my man. You have the Agatha so, Soul Cauldrons. Yes, that's part of why I did was because I was like, I don't think this card is going down in value anytime soon. Yeah, so I'd be yes, one of those eighty dollar ones. Well, and Ravager was is cheap too, so I bought like Dark Steel Ravagers and stuff. Like I had a bunch of credit at Card Kingdom, so I just <laughs> get at used us. it basically. But I was playing Rhinos versus Scales, which isn't like the best matchup in the world for me to be practicing. But um, yeah, that was what Stan had too. I was like, man. Two, two Mutavolts. I saw a list. I mean, maybe we're going to do all of our analysis now. We can talk about the results in the MTGO yeah. thing separately. But I saw a list in the MTGO challenge that came in seventh place. Had three Mutavolts. Three. <laughs> Dang. I guess you just really, sometimes you just really want a wizard besides the Tishana's Tidebinder. Is that not enough? Is that not enough of a wizard for you? I guess not. I guess you really, I guess casting Flame, or, Flame of Anor for two modes is just a hell of a drug. Yeah. But, I mean, you're, it's not in there for the red anymore. You know what I mean? Like you're not pitching to Fury. So it's just a, right. considered a good enough card that, you know, you, you want the three mana. I, I totally agree. I mean, it, it was kind of crushing to play against for sure. Um, you know, a number of times with Stan, it's, it's a powerful card. I do think it's funny. And tell me if I'm wrong about this, but this card is like, I mean, is it Cryptic Command? <laughs> three mana cryptic command 
I mean, not really, but like sometimes I feel like, wow, we're really contorting ourselves to just get cryptic command in here. I mean, but have, know, having that red pip, the red pip is sweet because you get to do direct well, damage. Yeah, and it kills Shieldred. Yes. So, yeah. So exactly. Anyway, Rhino's pretty stable, but it's fully a Tidebinder deck now. If anybody was curious, but other than that, that's that's what Rhino's is right now, and it's a pretty well in scg con cincinnati but not like super amazing but it was the number one deck in the field somehow very somehow. rhinos weekend i mean this is actually pretty good rhinos weekend to be like 54 percent. so i'll take yeah. it yeah yep all right what is next on the list Merktide. here Merktide. a very Merktide weekend to you dave uh 47.4 win rate and about eight percent of the field so yes and yeah, yeah Merktide's looking pretty 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 stock I will say it's a big cut here between 14% of the field and 8% of the field. Like that's a, yes, it is. It's a pretty big difference there. I will say I have been looking at Murtide lists a good amount the last couple of days. It was, I did not really see anything that made me go, wow, someone's doing something different than Murtide with Murtide. And that is fine. I don't have a problem with that. How it long, was just uh, with noting. How long has changed the equation been in this deck? Not, that's the only card that i saw that was kind of like oh wow a main deck changed the equation you really want to target titan was what i kind of thought mm, yeah that is that's wild but, that's that's some meta gaming yes that's people expecting a lot of titan for sure and you know it's it works against crashing footfalls too but like mo most of the counter magic yeah. already worked against crashing I footfalls mean, anyway so and speaking of titan that's our third most popular deck with 19 copies about 6.9 percent oh. of the field well Sorry, let's go back to Mercado. Oh, real quick. fine. Did, did you save the win rate? Yeah, 47.4. Yeah. Yeah. A very Mercado right. weekend. Not great. No. I mean, this is a trend we will talk about across a variety of tournaments and results. We have a Titans third place, about 6.9% of the meta game. Nice. That is in a 51.7% win rate. I mean, this is another pretty stock deck at this point. Like, you know, it's got this is a one ring deck at this point. There are always four one rings. There's you know always one uh, map, exploration map. Ex no, an expedition map. Thank you. You know this is like these, these deck is is what you expect. There's like maybe one spelunking. Ooh. Yeah, it's it's sometimes spelunking occasionally, but it's your one ring Urza Saga Titan yeah. deck. Yeah, it's good. The one ring is good in this deck. I still remember facing this down at the RCQ I played a few months ago, and I was just like, oh, they, they drew a lot of cards. And they could yeah. they could win out of nowhere. Like I mean, yeah, in a, in a sort of combo deck where you can win out of nowhere, playing one ring seems pretty good. Yeah, I will say, again, to blend our discussion between Magic Online and here, because uh, why not? I guess Please we're do. here. We don't have to talk about it twice. Um, Amulet won the challenge that we that we were going to talk about the showcase challenge. And what was interesting, I didn't get to see this play, but apparently, one of the key cards in the sideboard in the Amulet, quote unquote, supposedly was. It's Quinth. Oh, oh, it's Quinth. It's Quinth. Okay. Is that like a Assault's pitch card? Firstborn. It no, it, it comes into play and deals two damage to another creature. And guess what that creature probably is? Mm, Magus of the Moon. Yeah. Ragavan. Yeah. So, no, no, no <laughs> Mag Magus of the Moon. But Magus yeah, 51.2%, 0.72% of the match win rate. Yeah, of the match win rate. 7% of the field. Yeah. Okay, we got to talk about Yogmoth, right? Because yeah, so Yogmoth is one of the best decks in modern right now. 
and perhaps underplayed. Maybe if this was an NRG weekend tournament, we'd see more Yogg heads come out of the woodwork. But this was tied with Amulet Titan, 6.9% of the meta, but it had a fairly convincing 56.2% win rate. And Yoggoth is another deck that since the printing of Soul Cauldron, it has pretty much stabilized around that build. There's no more like one ring experimentation that I noticed. I don't know if you saw anything, but no, I agree. They they pretty much all look the same to me and they're all built around cauldron. Yeah. Yeah. But it's, you know, it's doing, it's doing the thing. It is doing the Yogmoth thing, which is a good thing. Yeah. The most interesting thing I saw, to be honest, was the Yogmoth a Yawgmoth list that placed 15th place in the Magic Online Showcase Challenge had two times, two copies of Diabolic Intent in it. I was like, really? Diabolic? Okay. Is, that like a, is that like an edict? What the heck is Diabolic it's, Intent? It's, it's sacrifice a creature, um, draw a demonic tutor. That's it. Okay. I mean, yes. it seems, I mean, I'm surprised it's not in Yawgmoth yet already because it seems like a perfectly good card. What's the mana value just, on that? Two. Okay. One one generic and a black. Say yeah, as an additional cost to cast the spell, sacrifice a creature, search your, your library for a card, put that card in your hand, then shuffle. Um yeah, I thought there was a chance that this might see play in modern somewhere. I don't think this is gonna end up in Yogmoth. Yogmoth has plenty of good tutors right now already, so I was a little yeah. surprised <laughs> that this replaced it. But do you need more? They came in fifteenth, so maybe it was working for them. Sweet. What's up next, Dave? Your favorite. Well, one one thing I did say before we leave Yogg real quick. Okay. Real, real quick, yeah, is that I've noticed that tons and tons of people are Many now people are sideboarding saying, Cursed Totem yeah. in Modern, and that has to do with, I'm assuming, only with Yawgmoth. They're not assuming, like, that's my belief is that it's mostly Yawgmoth. I don't know why it suddenly become, like, the sideboard card of choice for Yawgmoth, but, because um, it was certainly available before, like, last year, but everybody seems to have suddenly realized that it was printed and wanted to get into it again. Yeah. It definitely seems like it is picking up some steam for sure. Yeah. Activated abilities of creatures can't be activated Two mana artifact full stop. Yeah. Modern horizons Two. Yes. Okay. And I'm excited because maybe I can buy list, you know, the 75 copies of that, that I opened when I was trying to open Ragavans. <laughs> I seriously think I have like seven, Modern Horizons 2. That's funny. Cursed Totems. So good. It's like my pile of, of Obsidian Charmaz or Timeless Dragons or something. Yeah, exactly. And you'll see, you know, I think it was in like Scam. It's in a bunch of different decks that have been trying it out as a way to be prepare themselves against Yawgmoth. Maybe it's just because they don't have access to Fury anymore. And so they needed another sideboard card that was more targeted on it. And that's just what it was. And Fury has always been there. So we never really saw it. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of an interesting thing to of course mention maybe an obvious thing but that's what we do is it, it stands to reason that yogmoth is climbing the ranks in terms of win rate and perhaps po uh, popularity with fury being out of the format right so it's not something i mean it rhinos of course typically has a good matchup against yogmoth but if you don't have fury then it's going to make that a little bit less good and you know scam of course can't beat it that efficiently it's got piles of other removal if desired but yeah, it's it's it makes sense that Yogg is going to see a tick up with Fury out of the format. Yeah, well, I think people anticipated it, and it has indeed come to pass. I do think that people are maybe were a little more hyperbolic about how much better they thought the deck was going to get. 
Like people were like, oh, it's going to be 60% win rate, all kinds of stuff. But, you know, it, I guess it was 56, which is good enough. But I uh, guess what? Still not as good as the next deck on this list, at least in Cincinnati. Mm-hmm. Which one's that? Scam. <sighs> it's undead. Yet again. Dun, dun, dun. All right, this is the, the time code that we're going to put in our tweet about this episode, because everybody wants to know what we think about scams still existing. Do you uh, want to say that now? I thought we'd save it for later. Let's save it for later. Let's just talk about it yeah. for now. Uh, its existence has continued. The uh, What's the famous line? The The stories of its death were greatly exaggerated. <laughs> yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah. Is that Mark Twain? Wise from your grave. That's Altered Beast. That's my favorite author. Oh, <laughs> Dude, that was a good one. What now? Do one from Ghosts and Goblins. <laughs> I don't. I don't know any voice samples from that. Oh. Do you remember in Ghosts and Goblins though? When you get hit, you lose your armor. Yes. You run around. You run around your underpants. That's very Much like silly. me at home working. Yeah, exactly. Every time someone gives you mean <laughs> criticism, your armor falls off and you're stuck in your underwear. <laughs> and everyone laughs. So this. Well, guess what? Yeah. Scam is. Uh, scam is. Uh, scam is the same deck. I mean, without fury. Yes, Scam is the same deck without Fury. Look at that. Surprise. Basically the same. I mean, you get to play Magus of the Moon main deck at this point now. Basically stock. Just a one of, but we didn't give the numbers. So it is also 5.8% of the field. And Scam had the highest win rate of the tournament at (sighs) 57.5% win rate. Of win rate, as I said earlier. Yes, of win rate. The win rate share was eclipsing 57 and the most recent Pro Tour champ, Jake Beardsley, from Pro Tour Lord of the Rings, made the top eight of this tournament as well on Scam. Sweet. Same list as everybody else. There were two Scams in the top eight. Here's the thing. Yeah. Here's the thing. Here's what the deck is now. There's no fear. They took the Furies out, and they just have, like, two Shieldred, a fourth Voidwalker, and a Magus of the Moon. <laughs> so they even have the same number of creatures as before. Like, it really hasn't changed. Yeah, maybe like a Season Pyromancer here and there. You get to, you, maybe. You get like, like, that was the extremely spicy list. Yeah. was like, we're going to put one Season Pyromancer <laughs> It's getting spicy. Uh, yeah. yeah. I mean, uh, I guess a little bit more context. Like, Molten Collapse did did end up being, like, one, one copy in most of these decks. Yeah. Very exciting. Which was kind of what I said. One copy. Wild and crazy things going on. Yeah. I mean, it's cool that they're playing that this deck has gets to play more Shieldred and just is better now. Has a higher win rate in this tournament anyway than it did before the ban. Yeah. I mean, we'll talk about this later, but this, yeah. this tournament is a bit of an outlier, but how long yeah. it will remain to be one. Who knows? I mean, you, you put Jake's, you took put Jake Beardsley in the room and you know, gotta make that win rate go up a little bit. Sure. <laughs> I mean, one one person made the win rate go up I out mean, of sixteen. Yeah, you know, enough, enough of one. Yeah. But yeah, this 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 deck is it's still here, much like every other deck in modern. It's still here. It's still doing things. It's the same deck you basically know and perhaps love. So partially. All right. What was next? Uh, let me scroll down. Okay, we've got mono white hammer. At 5% of the field, a 47.6% win rate. This is a deck that I have not been looking at at all. Um, it does not seem like there's a lot of reason to be looking at it in terms of tournament performances. I think it's, you know, it's basically doing the thing where it has like the four Amirius call, I believe. It has the sideboard solitudes, the now $20 Dranith magistrates in the sideboard. Oof. You know, it's the same concept. And I think it tries to do the same thing, but at this point, people have it pretty figured out. 
and I don't know. I don't know where this deck finds like a real edge. It does. I think it has a pretty good matchup against rhinos. So you'd think that it would perhaps do a little bit better. I think there are plenty of ways. And if Stan was in the room, I'm sure he'd be, you know, raising his fist to the heaven, to the heavens, uh, which is just like, you know, like, oh, I just have a game plan going in. And yeah, I agree. But you have to draw the cards. And yeah, so I think ultimately, why are you playing Hammer? I don't know. Maybe you just love it. But it's not doing particularly well lately. Does not seem to be doing particularly well. Definitely has fallen off. It's only like 3% of the meta right now, um, according to Goldfish over the last month. So, you know, it used to be something much more popular, but no longer. Yep. All right. What's next? It makes me keep scrolling around this page. Hardened Scales at 4.3%. Hardened Scales had a bad weekend here. Um, 46%, basically. So with 12 pilots, so not a great weekend for scales. Um, I mean, there's not that much scam in the room here comparatively. Like it's not like it's 20% of the meta. So you got to pick your spots for where you're going to bust out scales. And if you think it just has a naturally good matchup against a bunch of stuff or you're awesome at it or something like that. So is there anything interesting going on with scales right now, Dave, or is it the deck we know and love? It's the deck we know and love. Although I did see a couple of lists that were starting to actually cut back on the Ozolith and having just a single copy of the one mana Ozolith as a, um, as more like a uh, or is a saga target or something, I guess, as opposed to the normal kind of like redundant alternate alternate plan to your hardened scales or something that sort of enhances your hardened scales. And even I even saw a list that had the odds only a single copy of Ozolith and had no copies of the two mana Ozolith, the shattered uh, spire or whatever it is from uh, March of the Machines. So they're cutting back on that and really focusing just on Soul Cauldron and hardened scales as being the two main uh, kind of like payoff cards. Is there something about scales that just makes it like an enthusiast deck? Do you think like is is this? I feel like scales is not really the type of deck that people are, and maybe a lot of decks in modern are just like that these days. Besides maybe like Domain Zoo, <laughs> like everything sort of seems like a a niche deck, right? Like it's maybe maybe not rhinos. Like I think you can play rhinos better than other people, of course. But rhinos game plan is pretty straightforward. But a lot of decks these days, like Murktide, Titan, Yogma, Scam. I mean, maybe not Scam. Hammer, Scales, Living End, Creativity. You know, all these things I think are things that you have to go in knowing your game plan and your matchups. And but I feel like Scales is maybe one of the preeminent examples of that. Um, and that's why it's never going to be more than. 4.34%, but I, I'm, I'm interested to hear your take and as you've been learning it more. Uh, I don't know. I just think it's a power. It's like most decks in, not most, it's like a subset of decks in modern that have a powerful linear plan, right? And you try to learn the best ways to execute that plan under the most adverse conditions. And that's how, you know, you become a good pilot of it. But you always kind of know what your game plan is or have a, an idea of what your game plan is going to be, which I think is sometimes different than like Merktide, where you're not always sure what your game plan is going to be when you're when you're doing it. It's not always the same plan or it's, you know, am I control? Am I the beat down? Like, I don't know. I mean, I, I do think all of the decks in Modern are kind of, I think we certainly entered a phase of the format at this point, especially after you know, since it's been so long since Modern Horizons 2 came out at this point yeah. and we're working towards that kind of stuff that uh, I feel like people's identities or the connections they have with their decks are pretty strong. Yeah. 
right now. And so it's kind of like, well, I play rhinos because I always play rhinos, yeah. you know, and that's like who I am and, mostly. Yeah, and who's the, who's like more on this later, I think, but like, who's like really buying into modern right now besides us weirdos who are always like randomly buying cards. But like, you know, this is what the, su- the summer is horizons three. Yeah. I mean, there's a pro tour again, yeah. you know, there was a pro tour this year. There was an RCQ season. There will be another RCQ season that's modern. So I think there's plenty of people who just do it. Also, it's still the most popular constructed yeah. format. It still is at this point against all odds in some ways, but it is the mo- the one that the most people play. And I think some of that's just because you get to have an identity with your yeah, deck that's... and the cards while being inaccessible and kind of expensive, once you're in it, you can seem to get to stay for a long time and all those kind of things. So I do think there's like a natural progression for people that end up here, especially if they play paper at all. Well, that's where I was going is like, you know, I, I think that there's certainly, of course, people are going to get into a deck now, but I feel like everyone, many people who play modern right now are not buying into it for an RCQ season. They're established players. They have their identity. People are you know leaning into that identity and, and, and playing the decks they know and love. So I think that's kind of yeah. what we keep seeing. Yeah, although there there are a bunch of people talking about how f- modern events are starting to not fire in their neighbor <sighs> in their areas anymore really? because yeah, because the RCQ season's over and hmm. all of that kind of stuff. That's sad and to hear. So but I don't know. I feel like we hear anecdotal reports about stuff like that with you know, fill in whatever format yeah. you want every couple of months. So it's, I, it, there's a churn to it. Yeah. I mean, of course, everyone's got to sell their modern cards to buy into those standard decks these days for the RCQ. Yeah. We're really, we're really into it. S- yeah. Speaking of sad news stories, we have at 2.9% living end, five color creativity, mono green Tron, all at <laughs> 40.5% or below. So living end was 39 Mono Green Thomas 38, creativity was 40.5. Uh, that's that's I, not I'm, very good. I'm not sure how we live in a world where Team of Rhinos was 14% of the field and Living End posted a 40% win rate. I don't know. I mean, Scam, of course, has a good a number of ley lines typically, but it's that's still only 6% of the field-ish. I don't know. I I don't know what to tell you, man. It's it's some days chicken, some days feathers, but yeah, sixty percent win rate again. I'm looking. I'm giving some hints about our future matchup grid that we have for Cincinnati, but from MTGdex.net, living end is sixty percent against Teamer Cascade, but it was twenty two percent against Rakdos Evoke in <laughs> nine matches. Uh, it lost to Hammer Time a bunch. It lost to Harden Scales. I don't know. This is weird. Certainly. I think it just ran bad on yeah. matchups because it does really well against Amulet, Yogmoth, and and really? Cascade, which were three of the top decks. Yeah, some days you just don't win. And yeah, you know, to round things out, I guess in our above two percent, we've got seven pilots on Mill this weekend with a thirty point three percent win rate. I don't think I'd recommend playing Mill right now. Yeah, Domain Zoo, which we will talk about more in this episode, was about exactly fifty percent and. Six pilots, 2.2%, and then Azorius Control featuring Kira at 2.2% with a 57% win rate. Pretty good. Small sample mm-hmm. size. but And then uh, Burn. Only six pilots on Burn here, Dave. People are finally perhaps moving off of the lightning bolts and lava spikes. Uh, 30, I mean, 30.8% win rate. Are you happy that uh, no. there was more mill players than burn players? No, I mean... 
I don't really, I don't, I don't want library burn or burn. Uh, it's almost a sad day to see burn not being a popular deck because I don't have something to rally against and shake my old man fists at. So mm-hmm. for now, can I, can I talk to you for a second about the second best performing deck of the weekend though? Yeah. With 2.17% of the metagame, six pilots, blue white control. 56.86% win rate, including putting two two pilots in the top eight. Dang, what's this deck looking this like? 20k. Right now? Uh, it's looking like it's not really blue white control. It's looking more like it's four color control, like it's big Omnath, is what it looks like to me. Uh, that is what's missing I mean, from this list, by the way, when you look at this. For among one of a few things, but there's like no Omnath decks on this. Yeah, list. the sixth place deck. By the way, sixth place deck is not Omnath. This is straight up blue white control with you know the one ring leyline binding, blah blah blah. Right, except well, the joke here is that it's got oh. leyline binding, so it's five color mana bases. It's got it's Omnathless you know, Omnath. It's got fire and ice, like. Yeah, well, one of them had Fire and Ice. The other one did not have Fire and Ice. One of them was running Fire and Ice. The other one was running a spicy package of Narset, Parter, Avails, and Days Undoing. Yeah. So this one was definitely much more... This list by um, Alex Huang was definitely more of a blue-eye control, straight-up blue-eye control. List. I mean, there's two Supreme Verdicts in these Oh, my decks. gosh. Yeah, the, M- Miguel Chavez's deck is like straight out of the history books, right? Except for the one ring. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. This, but this is that's how that's the only way a control deck's going to get ahead in this day and age. I mean, I think what's interesting is I'm curious how they get out from bad spots with the one ring. Like, you know, you don't have Karn the Great Creator shenanigans to like go fetch up another one or something like that. So, you know, maybe you just uh, maybe you get rid of it yourself. Maybe you prismatic ending it. Can you even do that? Um, you return it to your hand with Teferi Time Rattler. Oh, that works too. Is what you do. Yeah, I like it. Yeah. You draw into Teferi, then you return it when you don't want to do that anymore. This this deck is cool, though. I mean, these blue-eye control decks, it was interesting to see two of them in the top. They're, they're somewhat similar lists. But I mean, at this point, it's like Teferi Time Raveler, Solitude, Subtlety, One Ring, Leyline Binding, Dress Down, Prismatic Ending. Just so it's just lots of removal. Yes. You know, it's Lorien a nightmare. Revealed. Supreme Verdict, Counterspell, Fire and Ice, and Force of Negation was the one list. And the thing that was different about the about Alex Huang's list is that it was running Preordain, Narset, Part of Veils, plus Days Undoing, like I mentioned. But really, the other than that, they were the same core of cards. Yeah, I mean, cool. That's do your thing. If there's if there's one thing I can count on, it's some Azorius control type player. Being at the top tables in an SEG paper tournament. I was going to say, you really know it's paper. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Can I talk to you about something that's not paper, though? Yes. Provide some needed perspective on the world. Yeah. Or at least a different perspective, yes, I right? Mean, I don't actually mean that because this is Magic Online, which is a different universe. Sometimes I can, I mean, I, I honestly don't personally consider showcase challenges to be indicative of the people's metagame. I think typically when we do kind of like a, this is, I mean, it's not an official people's metagame episode. We're not doing no. a deck dive. I mean, a deck dump it's or deck anything dump. like that. Yeah. So, but we are looking at this showcase challenge and had what? 300 something players, 380, 343. That's, that's like 380. Uh, so, I did some charts and graphs, Dave. You can see them in our show notes. I got the the full metagame. I'm not gonna. We're not gonna go in depth, as in depth as we did Cincinnati because a lot of the same things would apply here. But interestingly, we have black based scam decks, 
Actually, one thing I want to say really oh, quickly is people may not realize that they changed the reporting for deck oh, lists yes. on Magic Online. And it's it we haven't gotten a chance to talk about Magic Online since they did this. I don't know why they did this or if it's going to continue like this or whatever, but they now list every deck. In, in the, in in, and in the deck dumps, David. Yes. They'd list every 5-0 in the deck dumps now. We have to do it. I mean, this is bad timing now, but we really, our next deck dump episode will be pretty telling because we can actually see like how frequently 5-0 lists are appearing. And like in going back to Yawgmoth, like a recent one was uh, oodles, gripfuls of Yawgmoth pilots, like just yeah. winning 5-0s. So I think next time we do one, maybe just before or just after the uh, murders set, the, the Clue yeah, Mansion, sweet. Clue the movie theme set, <laughs> we could do a do a di- uh, dive into one of those for sure, just to see what it's like. I don't. How many lists are typically in those? Oh man, do you even know? I, I don't know. I, I did not count last time it got dropped. So why don't you go look in, in Reddit in the background, Dave? I'm going to see if I can take a look. Okay. Yeah. So let me run through this. We have. 20% of the showcase meta were black-based grief decks. 62 of them were Rakdos, but then there's four mono black, a uh, black green, which I believe is Dave. Why can't I remember it? It's not Orzov. What's black green? Golgari. Golgari, yes. Golgari scam. Mardu scam and Orzov scam. That's black white. So this is a big change here. We went from what? Six uh, percent about at SCG to twenty point two percent of the field in a scam variant. People were still scamming hardcore at this event, but behind it was Golgari Yog. That's black green, by the way. Thirteen point five percent of the field. So second place, Yogmoth. It's like we're at the NRG paper events or something like that back in its heyday. Right. So this is yeah. This is our uh, our new meta. Is, is Grief and Yawgmoth, and then right behind it, Rhino is at 12% with 41 pilots, 40 on team or one four color. Pretty conclusive where people are going with their Rhino decks these days. So that's, I mean, this is just more of the same. And then we have Is It Merktide behind it at 10.5. We've got 6% and Titan. Yeah, we can stop there though. So the decks that were in this tournament that were above 10%, Merktide, Rhinos, Yawgmoth, and Grief. It's it's interesting to see how much more consolidated this metagame oh, is. Yeah. I mean, it's like way, 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 way more, way more. Um, you know, this is what is this 35, 45%, or no, 55% of the of the overall metagame in four decks of this tournament, with grief being way more than it yes. was in the paper tournament. Way for sure. You know what was about the same though? was burn at 1.5% of the meta. Like Thanks. people are even Skip off it on people line. are off it. They're even off it on on uh, on Magic Online. No one's bringing yeah. burn to the party. Yeah. And then you were starting to get into the decks that were below 2%. Yeah. The, of those, you know, it's Amulet Titan at 6, Living End at 6, Hardened Scales at 3, Domain at 2.6, Coffers at 2.3, Creativity at 2, Mono Green at 2, Blue Eye Control at 2. Like I'm rounding up as we're sure. talking there with 18.4% of the decks in other. That's every deck that has had six or more entries was non-other basically yeah. those decks even were i guess the one that's the biggest surprise to me there is that amulet titan i thought was supposed to just be way 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 more better in this new meta game and it is also 
not really gaining additional scope, although it did win this tournament. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah. And let's talk about the decks that did well, I suppose, like the X and two or better meta out of this tournament. So, we had six people on Yogboth. So that's a pretty big jump here for Yog. That's 21.4% of the winners. Uh, Grief was 18%, just down a little bit. Titan was up 4%. So it went from like what, like 6.5 to 10.7% of the 10 and 2 and better. Mm-hmm. Rhinos was down a little bit. Murktai was down a little bit. And then, you know, odds and ends to fill it out. So I thought it was interesting that didn't do X and two or better from the larger metagame. We had no domain decks. We had no coffers decks. We had no green Tron decks in this X two or better meta. Mm. Whoops. None. None. But yeah, I mean, so I don't, there's not a lot to get into here. I mean, the magic online meta is typically a little bit more consolidated. I think it's a little bit more insular. It's a little bit more self-reinforcing, I think. And people are more willing to pivot more rapidly to, I think, decks that perhaps are doing well, or they can respond more quickly with like a deck rental service and they can maybe grab cards that they don't have or don't want to buy or can't borrow or something like that. Yeah. There are two decks that I wanted to talk about from this that showed up a little more online. And those are, uh, one is Merfolk, which came in third place in this challenge. And the other one is four color omnath which came in eighth place in this challenge uh and it's just worth mentioning quickly number one green cards aren't good enough for merfolk still <laughs> so nobody cares about cenote scout in modern which i don't think is a surprise we weren't going to go that way anyway yeah. the, they have the full disruptive package in here of course with like your tide you know your tide shapers and your you know all oh, your man, stuff but rashad what, and dockhand like just tapping yeah, people's hands exactly yeah, for some mana disruption. They have the other one that is like a um, spreading seas, mm-hmm. basically, which is, you know, everybody's kind of familiar with these. Here's the thing this list that came in third place, zero copies of Tashana's Tidebinder in the 75. Whoa, too expensive. Yeah. <laughs> it had four copies of Savellin. Savellin of Sea and Sky or whatever that card is. I mean, that's a good card. Instead. Yeah, but I'm shocked that it's better than and more interactive than Tidebinder. You're playing Merfolk Trickster in this deck already. Do we just like? I mean, it's Tidebinder is like the bigger, better, more effective Trickster. I mean, they they cost less, I guess. You know, like it's one card, one faster card on Aether Vial, one fewer pieces of land you have to have in front of you. Maybe that's up. Yeah, yeah. Keep it lean and uh, mean. I will say that the versions that were in the versions that were in SCG uh, did play. Tidebinder. So this is definitely an outlier, but I still thought it was interesting. That was one of the best performing ones that we saw. And it was like, no, nah, I'm not going to play the new coolest, most recent Merfolk. No. Pass. They just want to be low to the ground and get in there and be weird. I mean, yeah, this is great. I love it. I, I would definitely not play this, but I, I respect you out there who do. Yeah. The other card that's in here is from Lost Cavern. They have a different Lost Caverns Deep card. Root Pilgrimage. They are playing 2X Deep Root Pilgrimage. Yes. Whenever one or more, it's it's a generic and a blue for an enchantment. Whenever one or more non-token merfolk you control become tapped, create a 1-1 blue merfolk creature token with hexproof. Wow. Just generates for value. I'm sure occasionally you get a trigger off of Dockhand yeah. as well for when you tap I mean, it. But that's, that's that's not lean and mean. It's not like, this, this does not seem on game plan to me, but it seems sweet. Yeah. This is another one where I was like, really? You're going to have that over Tidebinder anywhere? I don't it only know. cost two, Dave. Yeah, that only costs two. 
What else? You, you said, and you, said you wanted to talk about that. Anything else? I forget. The other one is just four color Omnath, okay. which is at least as far as Magic Online goes, is back kind of enough to be mentioned. It was 7.1% of the X or two better meta, even though it was only, I don't think it was even in the top percentages of the total meta game for this tournament. So it went from being below 2%, I think, of the overall tournament to being 7% of the X and two metagame. And part of that is because uh, a Omnath deck came in eighth place in this tournament. And this deck just basically looks like what it looked like before Wilds and without Fury, right? So Fury's gone, Beanstalk is gone, but now we have four ring for four Beanstalk straight yeah. up, which is kind of what the deck was playing before. And then I've seen a number of different things randomly in these decks but for example the one in this tournament instead of fury has two bolts uh nissa animus the the like weird one that's hard to get because it's in that tiny weird pack <laughs> and uh then the elish norn mother of machines so these are all cards that have seen play in omnath at different points in time and they're just kind of going back to their bag of tricks mm -hmm. to be able to do other stuff uh can't do as much card advantage as before but we can still one ring you Sweet. Perfect. I love it. I mean, I, I, I appreciate that this deck can and should likely exist in some way, shape or form for people to play. Right. I mean, it's not anything that I'm ever going to pick up, but I don't want people to lose the style of deck if they enjoy it. So more power to you. Yeah. Yeah. Ugh. Ugh. <laughs> yeah. So Titan won this tournament. Uh, we didn't really go over the top eights of either tournament. Yeah. It is what it yeah, is. I mean, it's fine. Dying. Congratulations to the winner. Yeah, Santos but Sell. We're, we're taking a a five thousand foot view of the the format right now. Yeah, I mean, did you did you see any other like cool decks out there? Like this is where I think you know we might more easily discover interesting things that are going on. You know, below the top thirty two or something. I mean, I have bad. <laughs> I'm just looking at scam. Honestly, and I did see two interesting scam esque lists: Harlan Fuhrer, you know, or Fire mm. Fire mm. Har Harlan Fire, well known SCG player, has a um, in their turn in they came in nineteenth, I think, or twentieth, maybe in the tournament eighteenth in SCG Cincinnati with a Rakdos Death Shadow list that had 28 creatures and a not dead after all package and a little bit of stuff. Uh, but it was Voidwalker, Death Shadow, Grief, Ragavan, Stalactite Stalker, Inti, Street Wraith, and a couple of Orcish Bowmasters. Pretty cool deck list to see a little bit more aggressive build of uh, Scam, basically, mm -hmm. with Death Shadow, which is fun. And then I also saw a mono black scam list that I thought was pretty interesting. It was scam, but with the one ring instead. Yeah. It's kind of built a lot it's like, like a coffers, deck. Um, coffers. Yeah. But with the grief scam package in it instead. Oh man, I would play this. This lets me use all those expensive cards I purchased. <laughs> and, oh, it doesn't, and you know what this does not have? Yeah, it does not have coffers. So. No, it's not a coffers. It's not actually coffers. Yeah. It just kind of feels a Clicks little bit like a coffers. My list. price on MTG Goldfish. 35 United States dollars. Let's go. Wow. What do you need to finish it? Uh, I don't have any Shoulders Edict. You know those are expensive? Are they? Uh, they're like three bucks, apparently. Demolition I, Field, I also have. like three bucks. So, Dave, hook, hook, hook a friend up. Sunken, sunken Citadel? Have, yes. I have a foil full art one of I don't those. want that, but thank you, my friend. 
Cursed totems now four fifty. If you have seven of those, mm -hmm. hook a friend up. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Look into your heart. Listen to your heart. I don't know where I'm going, and I don't know why. Mm. Um. Okay. Couple of last things that I would love to say, real Please. quick. Please, I'm all ears. What do you think? Will come the, of that? I don't like the yeah. looks of it. What do you think the most registered card, according to MTG Goldfish, was at SCG Con Cincinnati? Okay, we're going back to SCG Con. Well, I mean, I know that there are 39 rhinos and 22 is at Murktide. I'm going to say Lorian Revealed. It was Lightning Bolt. Oh, wow. Yeah, Lightning Bolt. The most registered cards in this tournament were Lightning Bolt, Force of Negation, Ragavan Nibble Pilferer, and then number four was Orkish, Orkish <laughs> Bowmasters. Number five, Endurance. Oh, wait. Uh, Murktide does not play um, Lorian Revealed anyway, so... No. Anyway, yeah, cool. No. Good work, Shane. But the thing that stood out to me was um, in the on, in the challenge, the number one card registered was Orcish Bowmasters, and that's what I really wanted to yeah. point out was that wow, here here we are actually here now. I think it's a good time, perhaps, to talk about what's going on with modern overall mm -hmm. and. Uh, there's something I think we can talk about Orcish Bowmasters, perhaps, but I think before we get into the nitty gritty, I think what we really can say after looking at these two tournaments, and I think just generally looking at the metagame, looking at some uh, tables on like mtgdex.net or mtgmeta.io, is that modern is pretty stable. And I think depending on your opinion, maybe like a bit dull. Right, but like that's that's not necessarily a bad thing. Like, our, the stalwarts are all here, and this list of stalwarts is long. Like, there's Scam, Rhinos, Yog, Murktide, Titan, Living, and Greentron, Scales, Hammer, Omnath, Burn, Coffers, Creativity, Domain Zoo. Like, there's nothing experimental. There's nothing rogue that's really like peeking its head up. Nothing's trying to shake things up right now. The deck lists, like we talked about, are pretty stable for now. Like, you know, new sets always have a chance to mess with things, but I think largely everything is where you expect it to be. But like that's 14 decks that see a reasonable amount of play in any tournament environment. And then you go to your LGS, you're going to see some more rogue strategies. You know, Spencer in Denver is going to bring some like Winota brew. And I'm going to be like, dang it, Spencer, I came here for practice. And he's be like, this is practice. You never know what you're going to see in the early. The, you're never going to know what you're going to see in the O2 bracket of your next tournament, Shane. Right. You know, like all these decks have strengths. They have weaknesses. Like nothing's unbeatable. But there's definitely like every metagame, like better choices to make right now. And so like my first question, perhaps only question for you, Dave, is what do you think about this format right now? I think people are mad, Shane. Why are they mad? I think people are mad that they're still getting grief scammed at the rate that they're getting grief scammed. That, the wrong that's what I think. boy died. Yeah, exactly. I think I think that's a, that's what. Ask anybody what they think about modern right now, and I think most people are going to tell you that it's the only topic of discussion that there still is really above everything else. But why? It's masking the fact that. Bowmasters is one of the best cards in the format. Yeah. It's masking the problem, the you know potentially problematic nature of the one ring. Ultimately, we'll get back to that because you know a lot of the decks that you just talked about, they have one ring in them too, or yeah. not, not a lot, but many do. Yeah, I mean what like Titan, Tron, Omnath stuff, Coffers, uh, Blue White Control, Blue White Control, which is not on my list, but might as well be. Um, but yeah, I mean, okay, the the scam thing has to be a 
point of conversation, right? But like, if I was going to ask you, Dave, without looking at these notes that you're looking at, what is the most winning deck with a reasonable amount of representation since the bans? Can we can we look at that compared to what was the most winning deck across SCG Cincinnati and uh, the 10K and the 20K? Since we have that data as well, and that feels a little fresher to me. I mean, this is 30 days. It's like been only 30 days since the bans. But yeah, sure. Yeah, but I just mean this. Yeah. Yeah. What's our cutoff for like matches required? Like 200, 150? Sure. Um, it can't, it can't be 200 because there's not that many. So let's just let's say 100. Okay. Okay. You're gonna you're gonna point me to Racto scam with. I'm not pointing you to it. I'm just saying. I'm just you're saying. Guiding I, my I, eyes. I, I worry. I often worry a little bit about the data source from MTG Meta. I Why is that? Like, I don't know where it's. I just don't know where everything's coming from there. Like all of the tournaments that are in it, sure. the quality of all the tournaments that are in it. That's why I kind of just want to look at like the premier level event that had you know basically 400 players across sure. two you know two events. Yeah, I mean, together. I guess if we're talking more. If we're talking strictly competitive, however competitive you want to look at a 200 something person SCG, I guess it's probably the grinders. But what do you? But what? What was the the deck that you were going to give me? Domain Zoo. Domain Zoo. Right has 184 matches on MTG Meta with a 56.5% win rate. Again, these are smaller sample sizes, actually, but this is, of course, just since the bans, which took place just over a month ago. And Domain Zoo is 56.5. Racto Scam on that same site, 54.7. Yeah, yeah. Why aren't we talking about banning Territorial Kavu, David? Because Territorial Kavu does not take two cards out of your hand. Yes. And make you feel like you didn't play a game of magic. I mean, I understand this. I mean, this is this is a you straw know. man. And also, I like. I, I mean, I do like to play scam. I've talked about it a lot on here. But like at first, I was like, no, they didn't miss. They didn't miss. People are just playing too much scam. They're not gonna. They're not gonna put it. To wait, wait, what? What's going on? Because <laughs> now all of a sudden it's like writing, and people are like, oh, you mean I can still play my cards? I guess yeah. I'm just going to show up with the cards that I had before that I liked before because it's still good. It's still good. I love this. I love. I love casting these cards. I mean, okay. Let's look also, however, at Golgari Yogmoth on Meta's website or Meta's chart. That is the one, two, three, four, five, six best performing deck out of like over a hundred matches, and that's if you want to consider like Demir Shadow, a uh, legitimate deck with 114. Uh, registered matches on MTG Meta, 481 matches for Yogmoth and a 52.6% win rate. Yogmoth, I think one of the biggest recent changes, and it has had a good number of them, but still sort of maintains its place in the meta game. That's also an Orcish Bowmaster's deck. So are we headed towards a period in time where there's kind of competing issues here, right? Like, I think we can look at Orcish Bowmasters and say, dang, this is a good card. This is a really good two drop. There's a lot getting, you get a lot out of this piece of cardboard, right? But then you also have the, the grief scam thing. I mean, maybe also getting, this is a, of course, we're just, I'm not, I'm not saying I want this to happen, but let's say that Watsi looks at things and it's like, hey, we're going to get rid of Orcish Bowmasters. Maybe that's enough to get people finally more, more off the scam train because they lose perhaps the one of the best two drops in the format. Yeah, they're just going for grief at that point. But like but then then <laughs> you think. just leave so you just fully leave Yogmoth alone and doing its thing. Yeah. Yeah, I mean fine. For a little bit. Well, I mean so so for so a little you're bit. saying that you it sounds like you're saying Dave that you believe the format needs a shakeup right now or mm, needs a ban. I'm I'm saying from lots of 
I'm saying lots of people believe Yes, many that. people are and saying. And I think that the discourse is going to be many people are. So you, I think you are kind of like, modern is stable. Enjoy how stable modern is going to be until Modern Horizons 3. Yes, is that yes. this is? is my final take that you just said for me. Thank you. I appreciate you just opening that can, which is, yeah, I, I mean, I think this format rides until Horizons 3. I mean, perhaps knowing what comes out in Horizons 3, Watsy can take a good look at the format and be like, yo, in a few months, things are going sideways. And we know that this particular interaction is really bonkers. And so we're going to just get rid of Bowmasters now or get rid of Grief now or something like that. But they can also just be like, look, it's not the RCQ format. We don't want people to lose the deck that they are enjoying playing because they're going to have to spend $600 for Horizons 3 cards to stay relevant or something like that. So let's just let it ride. Not a lot of eyes are on this right now, besides you know, choice podcasts such as ours. So I, I think that's certainly possible. I just think that if that's what becomes, we are the only thing we're going to be talking about in modern for the next six months is that's a long time. That. You're right. It's a long time. That's not that's not a short it's amount a of time. time. No. What what's no. I mean, and there's two there's two more set windows between now and when Modern Horizons three comes out. Yeah, that's a thing too. Right, is we've got we've got two sets, we've got two opportunities for them to just be like, yo, get out of here. We've got enough of you scam or something like that. Or maybe Bowmaster's a little bit too good. We're gonna keep the one ring as our premier uh Lord of the Rings card that sticks around in modern and Bowmasters is toast or something like that. But I don't think Bowmasters is gonna be toast less than a year after it came out. So you think grief? I think if we go back to the well, it's gonna be grief. Yeah, I mean it's like fine. It had its run. It's not like, you know, what's the big deal? I don't really like taking out a living end, but it's not like living end is near and dear to my heart or anything like that. Like, but okay. Like, so let's, let's go back to this, right? Modern is stable. Modern is very stable for better or worse. And, but like, again, I just go back to like, what, what makes something good or what makes something bad, right? Like if we're talking, like looking at a deck is too popular, then we talk about rhinos, right? It's like, it has 727 matches on meta in the past, like, five weeks and Merktide is the next best 20 percent fewer 583 matches rhino says like a people super safe win rate though it's like 51.2 like if you're talking about like let's talk about like a combination of power and popularity we look at amulet titan it's the fourth most prevalent deck and the fourth most winning deck at 54 percent are we talking about banning anything from titan or is like titan get a pass for life yeah yeah i don't know yeah besides our blue. i mean it's been a minute i mean besides let's let's be honest besides um once upon a time which was really what yeah, led I mean, to that was but that, that was, banned that, was everything. that was so many bad things right yeah pre ban um, once upon a time effectively for how what it did yeah i don't i don't know where you like draw a line it does just feel like people hate scam is a bad guy we're gonna spend forever talking about it unless it turns out that hey we it either turns out to get worse because of something <laughs> yeah. that comes out of the next couple of sets or something, but yeah, I, don't know. I mean, it's it's I think it's the fact that a ban took place and it's still dang good, right? And like, what's yeah. what's weird is like it's almost better. It's not dead after all. It's it's not dead after all. What's funny though is like this win rate, like if you're looking at the MTG decks one from the those few tournaments this past weekend, like it's better than it was. It like you know, I know. which is. It just maybe people can't target it in the same way or they're not targeting it as much because it's not 22% of the room. So it like, it can still do its thing. It's, it's, I mean, there's just variance yeah, there too. Yeah, of course. Yeah. When we were talking about this kind of stuff, but it wasn't better on magic online. I don't think. 
how are you looking at the format, Dave? Like when you're thinking about when you're thinking about playing Magic, what are you thinking about playing right now? Like, are you like, man, I can't wait to like cube with like the Chicago friends, or like I want to go, you know, on Magic Online and like mess with hardened scales, or like what do you, you know? How are you engaging with Magic and like what's driving your engagement? Yeah, it's more like that. What am I just interested in learning about? What do I want to try? I wish Hardened Scales is a little better than it is right now, considering I just bought it. I knew it wasn't going to be as good as it was right before the Racta, right before the ban. But um, yeah, I mostly think about modern in a sense of like, I want to learn about stuff to talk about on the podcast. Yeah, of course. And, you know, if I go play a paper tournament, it would be modern. It wouldn't be anything else. And then it's a little more casual where it's like, okay, I'm going to play, try out timeless and I'm going to try cube. Like I'm doing all of those things. So I think I am playing like a wider array of magic than I have been the last couple of months. Let's say since around this time last year, but modern, I do think is pretty stable. Like you said, and regardless of whether scam goes or not, I think it will continue to be stable is the other thing. Like, so it's really a play experience thing more than anything else that I think so that's what makes me think that there's a chance that they do just say, I oh, forget it. We're not paying attention yeah. right now to this right now. I mean, modern's where I want it to be, which is essentially like I can go to the store. I can have a sideboard plan. I can go see my old friends, you know, amulet Titan and grief and whatnot. And, you know, primeval Titan can, come down on turn two and, and destroy me or something like that. But it's like, you know, I just want to go for like the familiar experience and like, you know, something maybe like pioneer would be more of a learning experience for me right now because my engagement with it is not as you know frequent as modern. And I think like a lot of people want that out of their modern. Right. And I think in terms of like being the people's format, I think both in terms of range of decks and strategies you can play and, uh, sort of comfort you can have just going down to your LGS with like extremely minimal preparation and have a good idea of what you're going to do and see. And I think there's, that's a, it's a perfectly cromulent way to, to engage with the world's best card game, magic, the gathering. Yeah. TM TM ding. But I don't, I don't think we have any grand conclusions after looking at this. It also doesn't seem like there's any kind of like underutilized assets that everybody is overlooking right now, except for maybe blue white control. Which maybe would be better, but I doubt it if more people picked it up. For what it's worth, for what it's worth, blue white control in the SCG. Okay. In the in the SCG sample, 35 matches. Mm -hmm. Okay. 71% win rate. (laughs) Guess what its win rate against Rakdos Evoke is? Go on. Uh, it's 50%. And <laughs> I the world is perfect. It's also it is, 50% against Is It Murktide on MTG Meta.io. So. It is, however, it is 75% against Cascade and and sixty or 70% against Titan. Yeah, I mean, I think one could say that Azorius Control is perhaps underplayed. It's 132 matches on Meta with a 52.3% win rate. I think like maybe Azorius Control's time is is back a little bit, where it's like, hey, you know, Green Tron is not very good against a lot of stuff. Uh, let's 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 bring this back out. Let's unearth let's unearth yeah. my 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 supreme verdicts and see what happens. Wouldn't that be interesting? No, it wouldn't be. But I mean, it'd be kind of interesting if that were true. We'll see. 
some people will be really excited about this. That's the headline of it. Remember, we put out an episode like three months ago, or I don't remember, two months ago, that was George Shabur saying, don't play <laughs> Blue A Control and Modern. And we're like, here we are in the beginning of 2024. And we're like, actually, maybe, maybe, this, is all maybe. George, maybe this is all George is doing. Yeah. Maybe have one more look at it right now. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, I don't think we came into this trying to make any grand conclusions. We just want to walk through a couple tournaments, walk through some recent data since the band, tell you what's going on. And the answer is not that exciting, unless you think scam still existing is exciting, which it is, because it shapes the metagame in a lot of ways around it, especially online. So, yeah, keep your eye on this. I mean, I'm curious how bad things have to get for them to take action before Horizons 3. I mean, maybe we just want to enjoy this sanity and stability for our pocketbooks for a minute. So we'll, we'll see what happens. There's always something trying to get at our pocketbooks. Don't yeah, put yourself. That's a good point. But Dave, an mm-hmm. important thing happened this past weekend. I don't even want to take a break. There's no reason to take a bumper. Yeah, we don't have an, we don't have an ad bumper. Break. Let's go into uh, the the pre-breakdown. Let's go, we'll just call this the dive down this, this time. So the NRG championship happened this past weekend. And so 16 players, they all qualified by either winning events or get had the most accumulated points on the ladder across the year. And importantly, I do want to call this out. All of these players, so they all showed up. I think they all went to the NRG store, correct? Yeah. And yeah, that's where the tournament they is. They all had custom shadow boxes waiting for them with like three cards that were like meaningful to that player. They had like an embroidered NRG championship series jacket, like monogrammed, very cool. There was $25,000, a pro tour Chicago invite on the line. Again, like last year, it was a complicated setup, right? Like there was like four pods of four players across two days with three formats. There were, they were, there were 55 minute rounds with five turns at time. And because they didn't want draws, the victory was determined by life total, like sort of sudden death at the end of five turns. Um, you know, the day one was like two rounds pioneer, two rounds standard, three rounds modern. Then like, you know, send some people home. Then there's like double elimination brackets, et cetera, et cetera. Like some complex. And you can like, yeah, you had like veto formats. Formats and veto formats against was, each other. Yeah, it, was, yeah, it was funny. It was like each person vetoed a format and like the format that remained is what got played. Yeah. <laughs> So I wonder if there's a lot it's of there's a lot of standard that got played this day. The um, anyway, so like a bunch of stuff happened, and this is you know a small tournament with three different styles of deck. I mean, three different formats being played. I'm not even going to get into what happened. I wanted to like you know give these competitors a final shout out and send off for the 2023 series, and they were. <sighs> Derek Davis, Stephen Dykeman, Ryan Hayes, Fletcher Johnson, Theodore Young, Will Kowalczyk, Ben Unger, Matthew Weiss, Eric Burgart, Kyle Gonzalez, Jonathan Hobbs, Matthew Hoey, Chris Smith, Grayson Nemitz, Raja Suleiman, and Daniel Weiser. Congratulations to all of you for making it to the 2023 series. Congratulations to Stephen Dykeman for winning this thing in a very convincing fashion. I believe I read on NRG's Twitter that uh, Steven lost one round all weekend. Oof. So, wow. Pretty dominant. Good. Uh, mid range for days. He was on Rakdos mid and pioneer Demir mid and standard. And is it Murktide in modern? So if that's when I know someone's probably a much better player than I am. <laughs> if, if they're marching out with like three mid range decks and just, I mean, my indication is usually just exist. Then they're they're usually better than me. Yeah, if, they if they're exist. if they're a functional magic player, if they if they play exactly. lands and spells. 
Um, right. So yeah, congratulations. Stan called me out the other day because I put lands in front. You did not. When we were playing against each other for a minute, I didn't even think no. about it. And he was like, when did you become a lands in front you person? You went back I to your like, 90s? I don't, know. I, I don't know. I've never seen I think I have that. photographic proof that I've always been a, a lands in back person. I think I had just had a beer and was like not paying That's attention. wild, man. Um, yeah. I do want to shout out you know, NRG for, again, uh, putting on an awesome tournament series that we were able to look at all year, uh, you know, keeping tournament magic alive in the Midwest, in the Chicagoland area. They are back in 2024. They are having eight series weekends this year. So up from seven, going to eight. Oh, nice. I believe I saw on their page that they said 2023 was a really good growth year for them. I mean, 2023, really good growth year for them. So I think that they're really dialing it in. I think, you know, the, the big reach in 2022, the dialing it back a little bit in 2023 and then growing, uh, perhaps carefully in 2024. So that they're going to have 165 K in total prize money, the championship prize pools up to $35,000. There's going to be 24 players making it into the championship this year. And all of this fun begins February 17th to 18th weekend in Chicago, or Chicagoland, which I believe means Mundelein, uh, Pioneer yeah. 10K, Standard 5K. And then you can look forward perhaps to Minneapolis, Minnesota in April with Modern and Legacy. So we've got four formats in the first few months of the new series. I guess they're also going to have like seasons again, like two seasons. So like, you know, whoever wins, you don't have to like try to qualify all year. You can just try to qualify in like the first or second half of the year. So yeah, do your thing. You know, you know who you are That's out cool. there, Midwest Grinders. All right. David. And with that in mind. I have like a 30-minute wind down about stuff we've been watching or listening to? <laughs> Not this week. I have been watching the new series of Fargo. It's a good one. Mm. I do like that show. Mm. Do you, want, you, don't watch Far, you don't watch Fargo? No, I bounced off of Fargo. What? Years You're ago. Not a Fargoman? No, not a Fargoman. Oh. oh, Dave. Dave, I wish Stan was here. I watched an entire season of Survivor. Yeah, oh, right. My, my wife and I. You, yeah, your friend like made you go back to like season seven or yeah, something, so, though, right? Uh, Evan, who I know does not listen to this podcast, absolutely 100% guaranteed does not. Would have no reason yeah, to But listen. if you're out there, yeah. Evan, thank you. So Ev- Evan is a big Survivor man. And he was like, and he's one of those people who does not like the new seasons as much because he's like, it's not really about surviving as much anymore. Like you don't have to like fight against the elements as much. It's, it's a little bit more political and less like kind of grind, blah, blah, blah. I mean, it's, you're still out there for a month I mean, or 26 days. Or it's easier it is, or something. So like, I don't know. But I think it is. Well, they used to do, they used to do seasons that were like 30. Yes. Yeah, so, yes. Yeah, so it's like something. 38, 39 days. So I watched season seven, which I believe is a famous one. It's like Pearl Island or something. It's like the Panama one. And like some, I guess some, like a bunch of famous folks who come back in later seasons, I suppose, like, you know, make their debut in the season. And so my wife and I, I can't believe you watched a television show from 2003. In standard death. In standard death. It was yeah. on my like new 65 inch 4k it looked like it was an abomination uh that's but, funny yeah i mean i don't know man it's it was okay it, it was okay it was, i mean we i don't know i wasn't like looking forward to like putting on season eight let's just say that like so you don't want to you don't want to be in our fantasy our survivor fantasy league I, with me and stan and 
some of my other friends. I will try. I think I would be bad because I don't have a lot of context for who does well. Like who I thought would win or do well was not any of the people. Like I, I have some thoughts about mm-hmm. strategic developments that came out of this season. I'm everyone's probably turned the podcast off at this time, so it's literally just me and you talking now. That's fine. So the yeah, what I think about Survivor is like don't show. What I learned from season seven is don't show your hand. But I'm sure there are plenty of opportunities that people had to show their hand in later seasons and still won, right? Which is just like just never look powerful, never look like you're gonna survive, and then you do somehow. I don't know. Maybe that's like a, a consistent theme. Here, here's the season that I want you to watch. Please. If you if you would do one more, even on your own, maybe you should watch. You work at home. This is bef- <laughs> this is before the change, before the change, to before high, it got to high So it's it's th- no, it's thirty nine days <sighs> still instead of twenty six. Crazy or nights. Yes, exactly. So this is season thirty two. Okay. So, uh, Survivor Kaurong. Are there any like which I think is how in many spoilers will I get by Cambodia. watching that? Nothing that matters. No, there's no spoilers. I mean, do they, do they not talk about previous winners like kind of by rule? Like they're not like referencing like oh when when mm, Brad won. I I don't think you need to worry yeah, about I it. I don't really care. <laughs> So, yeah, but season 32, I thought was very good and interesting. Okay. Uh, they split up people into three tribes, brains, beauty, and oh God. against each other. And yeah, okay, see, it's, I, it's really something. I can see that. See, that kind of like takes the thing out of it where everyone's like, oh, this, this guy's really big and strong. Like he's going to, he's going to win all the things. We got to get rid of them. So, but if they're all big and strong, what happens? What happens? They, they, they all start hugging. Yeah. Anyway, I don't know. It was a good season. It was one that I really enjoyed. So I would I would check that one out. Season thirty two. Okay, I I marked it down in my notebook. But I think that wraps up this week's show. Dave, I I, I love our episodes. We just get to we just yeah, get to, fun. You know, banter about if you have not yet and you want to hear more of both our banter and others, including. Doomwake and Stanislav, not Stanislav Sivka. Remember when people used to think Stanislav was Stanislav Sivka? I, I mean, arguably, Stan, our Stan, is the more famous Stanislav now. <sighs> wow. At this point, I think Stan, I think Stanislav Sivka has kind of retired. Yeah, I, think, I mean, basically, yes. Um, no, no shade yeah. on Stanislav Sivka, but no, no, great career. <laughs> and now, <laughs> not a lot of, not as much endurance as the dive now down. Stan I guess. G gets to run with it. So, if you want to listen to us as soon as uh, we drop an episode, subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts. Maybe you can do that on Spotify these days. Probably, you know, feel free to leave us a rating, a review, a comment. Tell us how you feel about us on either of those platforms. You want to reach out to us, you can do so at the dive down on Twitter or the dive down at gmail.com. Or I think we even got some feedback like on the, the, the fireside page, I think this week. Oh, we got an email. Yeah. Fireside yeah. email. Uh, it was yeah, great. Thank you. You can support us at patreon.com slash the dive down or our store at the dive down.com slash store. You can support our sponsor heavy play by using code the dive down 2024 on their website gets you 10% off your first order there of their awesome deck boxes, dice boxes, play mats, all that good stuff. Manatraders.com. Feel free to find our latest Manatraders code in the show notes or on our webpage. We'll try to keep those codes updated or on our Twitter. You can get 10% off your first two months of renting Magic Online cards using that service. Uh, and of course, Nerd Rage Gaming, our friends just give our listeners 8% off their order at Nerd Rage Gaming with code DIVE8. Thank you, Nowhere. Thank you, Spaceballage, for letting us use your music. And until next week, get out there and scam while you can.